Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I take your questions and try and give you the best advice that I can when it comes to user research, career, situations, struggles, anything in the user research world. Ah, how are you today? I hope you're doing well. It is a bajillion degrees, and I love it. I am so happy. We had a very cold summer, or at least what I would deem as a cold summer. So I'm happy that we are actually getting some pretty sunny and nice weather. And I'm hoping that it continues because my parents are visiting very, very soon. And they have been in Jersey a few times, but only once were they in Jersey when there was nice weather. (laughs) And that was actually over our wedding party time. So I barely saw them. So I'm very much looking forward to some nice weather with my parents in a relaxed way. So fingers crossed that that stays with us. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about tracking user research when it comes to OKRs and impact. Something that I wanted to bring up really quickly is you're going to hear me clicking around because I am going to reference several different things that I have open on my desktop. And unfortunately, no matter how big my desktop is, it doesn't matter because I can't fit enough onto it. to easily reference. And I tried to make it so that you wouldn't hear me click. You should have heard all of my takes before this where I just sat there saying, hello, 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 to see if you could still hear me click and you could. So I apologize in advance for any clicking, but I promise that I'm clicking for your benefit and I promise not to rage click. Anyways, let's dive into today's question because there is a lot and I want to make it as actionable as possible for you with really, really concrete examples. So the question that I got is, as a solo user researcher on the team, with this being my first user research job, I find it difficult to craft OKRs and track the impact I'm making, especially since it also depends on how the PMs implement the solutions for my research recommendations. Sometimes they take a few quarters to be implemented, which is fine. So I don't know what my what OKR or metric to track each month or quarter, or even knowing how much the impact is as a result of my research. Could you please share how you do so? So this is a very common vibe and feeling that lots and lots and lots of people have. One thing that I will say first off is that user research is a lagging indicator. So we have leading indicators and we have lagging indicators. User research comes under the form of lagging indicators, which means that we tend to see impact after we do something, right? So after a change is made, we see whatever impact has come from that. So it is totally normal for it to take some time for impact to come through. But there are a few different things that I want to talk about within the scope of this question before I dive into really, really concrete examples. So the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to metrics to track, especially when it comes to project metrics, Ideally, in the beginning of your research projects, with your stakeholders, not alone, with your stakeholders, because they should be helping you with this, you create a research plan, right? Within that research plan, you have something called success metrics, right? 
So these are metrics that are important to the project for you and your team to track because they indicate that the project has been successful. So let me give you a really quick example or a few different examples of that. Let's say that we are in an e-commerce B2C company, right? And we are selling clothing and we have this flow that happens where people go, they add something to their cart and then they go through the checkout flow, right? So imagine that we have a project where we are evaluating that checkout flow so that we can improve it, right? That might have, that project might have come to us because there's a problem. It might have come to us because we're being proactive and we want to test it. Might be because we're testing every different part of the product. And so that is just one one portion of it. It doesn't matter where the project came from. It's all good. So when we have this project looking at this checkout flow, at the beginning of the project, we should des- decide and define what success looks like for this. So ideally, when it comes to the success of this particular project, and I did pick an easy example, I understand, but hopefully this is applicable. I'll try and think of a better, more more complex example in a second. But when it comes to this, right, I would hope that when we look at this and if we make improvements to it, based on the research, our click-through rate throughout the entire flow increases, right? So that's something that we would say, if we are successful in improving this this part of the product, our click-through rate should improve. Something else that should improve, conversion rate, right? So our conversion rate, if we improve this checkout flow, if we make it more effective, efficient, and satisfactory, for our users, our conversion rate should be impacted, right? And it should increase. But I would say the safer bet because conversion, you get into a bit more confounding variables with conversion, right? Click-through rate. Uh, Let's also take another example in which we are looking at download rate. So why aren't people downloading our app? Why are they just using the mobile web version, right? So we would want at the beginning of that project, we would want to define a success criteria of download rate. So we would want the download rate to increase, right? If we did this project right, if we're trying to investigate why people aren't downloading our app, they're just using a crappy mobile web version and really not pushing, uh, really not understanding or downloading that 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 app version that is just so much better, we would look at that download rate as success. So what I would recommend doing at the beginning of your research projects, no matter how long it takes to, to then show up later, define those success criteria with your team because your team should also be defining those because that's really important for them to track. So by defining this all together, you all have a stake in being able to say that this project was successful, right? And that's a great thing to have. So you would want to do that with your team. And I think that that would be very beneficial if you're not doing that already. So sitting down with your team and saying, okay, what kind of metrics would we want to track to be able to say whether or not this this project was successful at the end? of it, like when we've implemented everything. And then yes, it can take a few quarters for things to be implemented. That is just 
it's the nature of product and tech, right? So that's okay, right? But there are other ways that you can track your impact outside of product-based metrics. And I'm going to talk about those in just a second. But the best thing that you can do with your team is sitting down during your research planning and thinking through what that success criteria would be because those would give you the metrics that you are confused about tracking, right? Those give you very clear metrics. So definitely look into that and that that at least gives you that part. Now, when it comes to impact outside of metrics, right? So product-based metrics, there are other things that you can measure, right? So really great things that you can measure are things like how, how like research operations, right? So you it used to take, you know, let's say two weeks to recruit your participants and now you've optimized the process so that it only takes one week, right? So that's looking outside the scope of just product-based metrics. So this maybe widens the scope of your role to be looking at things other than just looking at product-based metrics or the success criteria because you want to be able to demonstrate that you are, yes, great at, let's say, evaluative research or even generative research, but you're also looking into these other things like research ops, right? So that's one of them. Let's say that you're also, let's say that you do some generative research, right? There are other ways to report on impact for generative research. So you did generative research and you created a persona, right? What if that persona uh, was used to prioritize projects. That's an impact, right? So they they the the team went and they used that persona to prioritize projects on their upcoming roadmap, right? You could also be thinking about other things such as stakeholder satisfaction surveys, right? So that's another thing that you could potentially implement in your in your process where you ask stakeholders, you know, how satisfied they are with the research process and you track that metric because that's not product-based. You can get that back right away. You can also track, again, uh, the time that it takes for research from when you get an intake document to when you deliver the results, right? You can even go as far of saying that somebody within your organization, you know, talked about how helpful your personas were or how helpful your project was. Like somebody referenced your project. That's an impact. You could say that you ran a workshop based off of your research and you came up with three different ideas, which you then went on to test and iterate. Okay. So there are ways that you can track your impact, again, outside of that. If you're mentoring somebody, you know, what impact did you have on that person? Did you teach them something? Did you learn something new, right? Did you learn how to give a performance review? Are you a new manager? Did you learn how to, did you learn how to, you know, help somebody with, with a particular skill? Did you, did you build on somebody's story, storytelling skills? Right. So again, there are multiple ways that we need to start thinking about our entire research process and how different parts of our process can be 
impactful outside of just those metrics. So in this whole kind of example, what you have is you have your success criteria that you could set up at the beginning. This is particularly helpful for like evaluative studies that are product-based where you do have metrics, right? You can set success criteria still for generative research. It's a bit more vague because, hey, generative research is more vague, but you can still set that success criteria in the fact that you could say that you want to identify at the end the top three problems for the team to focus on, right? And then that becomes your success criteria and you say, hey, at the end of this project, we want to be able to define and and know those top three uh, different problems that our users are experiencing and those need to go on the roadmap, right, to be to be fixed. So that's another impact where something is put on the roadmap, right? That does that doesn't mean you need to wait. Something is put on there, right? Something is pri- prioritized based on the research to go on that roadmap. Even if it takes a quarter, two quarters to implement, it's on that roadmap. That's big. It wouldn't be on there without research. So really think about your end-to-end process and the different ways that your process can have impact on your organization or on your teams, okay? So yes, it can be those success criteria. It can be those metrics that you defined. It can also be the amount of time research takes. It can be stakeholder satisfaction. It can, it can be, let's say you did a heuristic evaluation, right? And you identified 20 bugs or 20 violations, which eventually go onto the roadmap, right? So all of these are different ways that you can track your impact and decouple it just from tracking that product-based metric, right? So I hope that that's helpful. First, when you can, define that success criteria so you know what you want and what you're wanting to track. And then look outside of product-based metrics across your entire process and see how your and every part of your process and every outcome has impacted your organization or your teams. Okay. So that's the first part if we're talking about that impact. You also mentioned, I don't know what OKRs or metrics to track each month or each quarter. <laughs> and then you say, or how much impact is uh, resulting. So we're kind of tying OKRs and metrics together or OKRs and impact together. And what I'm trying to do is decouple these slightly uh, because although I can see the overlap and there is often some overlap, I want to show them separately. So we talked about impact already being those success metrics or things like, oh, my persona helped my team prioritize this roadmap and backlog, or I did an ideation workshop, which led to three different new ideas that we were able to test, right? So that's some impact that we're having. And those are great things that you can put into your resume, right? And so now we go more to OKRs, Okay, so these are things that we're tracking. Um, I I would highly recommend not tracking OKRs over a month period because they are not supposed to be doable in a month. I'm not even really a fan of quarterly OKRs because I think that they tend to take more time than a quarter. But it depends on your organization, how fast 
your organization moves and, and what the cadence is. Whenever it comes to creating user research OKRs, I typically look at them at a, across like a six-month period because that feels like I can actually make progress across that six months, especially uh, you, you mentioned that you're, I think, the first user researcher. Oh, it's your first user research job, but you're a solo user researcher, especially in this particular context where you might be a solo researcher, where you might be the first user researcher, you might be both, right? It might take time for a lot of these things to move forward, right? Especially if you're just starting out uh, in that in that particular role. So OKRs, right? Are, are bigger things that we are tracking. And ideally, they are tied to us showing impact. So this is where it gets a little bit tough. Showing impact, right, uh, with regards to our user research practice. They can also be tied to company-based objectives or team-based objectives. It's very hard for me to give examples of that because there there are just so many different broad topics that I could go into and I want to keep this actionable. But let's say that we are working as a solo user researcher and your manager should be able to help you with this what you want to do is you want to define what are the what are you know three big things that you want to change or impact or improve when it comes to user research over the next 3 to 6 months let's say again ideally i would say 6 months but that's just me so for instance one thing that is usually lacking at an organization is generative research, right? So we end up doing a lot of evaluative research, okay? And doing a lot of usability testing, and then generative research can kind of get shoved to the side, right? So imagine that one of our OKRs is to increase generative research efforts and impact, okay? So we want to increase the amount of generative research that happens at the organization and then the subsequent impact that it has. So let's say that's something that you really want to improve upon and increase. So what are ways that you can measure that you've increased generative research efforts and impact? It's very similar to like what are the success criteria that you're defining for each project, but you're looking at it more on this like vaguer OKR. So what would say at the end of six months, that we have increased generative research efforts and impact, right? What are ways we could measure how, if and how that was successful? So for instance, if we want to increase the amount of generative research done, we can increase the number of generative research sessions run. If we are able to track that, right, track an increase in sessions and say, okay, over over this past six months, we have increased generative research sessions. Let's say we were doing, in the past six months, we only did, you know, 10, and now we're doing 50, right? Which is a lot, but that's great, right? We have increased 
the number of generative research sessions run, which means we've increased the amount of generative research at our organization. Okay. So that's one way that we can prove that we have been successful in this. We can also track something like the number of generative research insights on a roadmap, right? So the number of, of, of let's say, insights that we've gathered that then go on a product roadmap, okay? Or the number of projects that go on a roadmap based on generative research, okay? You could also look at decreasing evaluative research or, you know, having more of a balance between generative and evaluative research, okay? So there are, you can, you can brainstorm a number of ways to come up with success criteria, essentially, for that OKR. And usually what I will say, you can have, uh, I, I, I ideally would have three major OKRs. And then for each OKR, I have like three to four success criteria for them, right? So let's say that we want to increase cross-departmental cross engagement with user research. So we want to get more people involved in user research, okay? How would we say that that would be something that was successful? Like, how would we track whether or not that was successful? Well, we could track how many hours stakeholders spend in research sessions per month. How many stakeholders come to each research session? How many research sessions does each stakeholder go to, right? So, those are those three are ways. They're kind of all saying the same thing, but those are three ways that you could help say, "Ooh, more people are engaged in research." I mean, you don't always hit your OKRs, so you could also see that less people are engaged in research or fewer people are engaged in research. So, <laughs> but I'm 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 going at this with a very optimistic spin that we are increasing or uh, going in a in the right direction with our all of our OKRs, right? You could also say uh, that there are more research requests per month than there used to be because more people are getting engaged with user research. You could, let's say you do educational sessions and let's say that you now increase the number of educational sessions on research that you give per month, per quarter, whatever, you know. You could say that you've increased the number of workshops after projects so that you're, you're engaging people within workshops. So those are some really great ways that you could track whether or not you were successful in increasing cross-departmental engagement with user research, right? So these OKRs are big, right? But they are things that you are aiming to improve about research at your organization, right? They can, again, as I said, they can be linked to the company objectives. So I, I, I very rarely have worked as an embedded researcher. I'm usually, I mean, like I'm hybrid. I'm embedded in so many different teams that if I, I, I couldn't, I'm not just usually on like, let's say the retention team or the acquisition team or this team. I'm usually on all of them. So I generally don't base 
my OKRs, my user research OKRs on those teams because I tend to be across all of them, which is where my impact tracking comes more into that project space, right, where I do track and ask for success criteria for them. But let's say that you were on a a team or you were on several teams and you wanted your user research to reflect those team objectives, right? And let's say that you're on a retention team, your OKRs would be very closely tied to whatever OKRs they have, right? But with a research spin and you would include other ones. So one of them might be, you know, let's say uh, holding research sessions like just for the retention team, an increase in that right? An increase in in retention research projects. You could also say uh, an increase in retention reports, right? Or deliverables or outcomes that have to do with retention. You could, again, you could map your OKRs to, to theirs. So if they wanted to increase retention rate, right? You could go and do a project or multiple projects that would ideally increase that retention rate, okay? So, and then you would break that down by saying, okay, what is retention? What are we looking at? What are we trying to impact within retention? What are our, what are the biggest churn indicators and try and combat those? So let's say you work at a subscription box and you're on the retention team trying to get people to continue to subscribe and subscribe and subscribe and continue paying, right? And so what you would do is you would look and say your your team's like, oh, well, we want to increase retention rate, which is a really big, really big one with a lot of confounding variables, but we're going to go with that for right now. And you say, okay, cool. I'm going to go do a research project in which I help for, it's probably going to be multi-phased research project. And first I, I, I try and understand, you know, what is keeping people, what are, is making people leave you know, why are we keeping certain people? Why are certain people leaving, right? So understanding that, that could be one point for you, for you to uh, track, right? So increasing the knowledge of why people leave, okay? And then what you can do is you can then say, all right, cool, like I've increased this knowledge of why people leave our, our product or service and why people stay. And now I'm going to go and we're going to fix the problems. We're going to fix the unmet needs. And then we're going to be able to say at the end, we fixed the top five problems of why people leave. And we're going to look at the retention rate over time because, of course, retention rate is a huge lagging indicator. So we're going to look at this retention rate over time and hopefully it would increase, right? Because you've fixed the problems that you originally found in the first phase of that research, right? So you can tie those OKRs to certain teams, right? And I will I will post a a link to my article on the pirate metrics and how I use the pirate metrics to track impact because I think that that will be really helpful for you in understanding how to use those pirate metrics with because those are are things like acquisition, activation, retention. I can never uh, under uh, remember these referral and something else. Uh, and so, uh, activation, acquisition, no, acquisition, activation, referral, 
retention. Oh, there's something else. And I never remember it no matter what. And I always see it. And then I'm like, oh, right. But I will link to that because that might help you if you if you do want to track your or map your OKRs more to your team objectives. Like if you're sitting on a retention team, that will show you kind of how to break that down a little bit better rather than just looking at retention rate in general. So but I always I always do recommend also turning your lens to your internal processes or to, you know, increasing generative research, increasing engagement with user research, increasing or optimizing research processes. I always recommend having some of those that you're tracking as well because those are also much more within your control, <clears throat> right? So if you're trying to optimize your user research processes and let's 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 pick on recruitment you're seeing that there's a huge problem in recruitment and so you go and you pitch that you want to get some sort of recruitment tool that makes it faster and easier and more efficient and it's not that bad budget wise and blah 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 and then what you can do is you can say okay cool i'm looking to optimize my user research processes which means that i'm looking to decrease the amount of time that it takes to recruit users. Therefore, more research gets done faster, right? And so you can look at that, those kinds of more internal processes and internal tracking, uh, because again, those are much more in your control. And while they are still lagging indicators, because we are doing something to try to make these things happen, which means that they're not going to happen immediately, they are much more within your control. Same with stuff like satisfaction surveys, right? Or let's say your intake process is just a complete mess. You're getting all these different things, all these one-word sentences, and it's taking all these meetings to go and figure out, oh, what's what? What do these people mean? Oh, like this is so confusing. And it's taking a really long time to define and, and plan and kick off research. Let's say that you then implement an intake process so that you can decrease the amount of time that it takes from the request to kicking off research or to ending the research project wherever you want it to go. But these are really concrete ways of going ahead and putting into practice this like impact tracking and looking at OKRs. Your team and your manager should help you with defining what is most important, especially if if you are a solo user researcher, like you can like some of this stuff you can come up with on your own. You can say, "I think we need to do more generative research," and you can like track things that would indicate success, you know, for that. And you can say, I want to, you know, have have more cross-departmental engagement. And you can say like, oh, well, you know, we, we're going to increase the number of session, research projects outside of product and tax. So we're doing research with account management or marketing or sales or customer support, right? So all of those things are are totally fine and they are in your control more so and you can come up with them more easily, but you should sit down with your manager, with your team to get some help on what are the important metrics for the company, what are the important metrics for your team so that you can then make sure that you're doing projects that help them move those forward, right? And again, when it comes to impact, continue to think through not just product-based, but if you are thinking product-based, really go back, really think about that success criteria right? At the beginning of the project, because it's totally horrible to do it after the project ends. Trust me, I've done it millions of times. So do it when you're planning the project. If you're looking at those product-based metrics, do that then. But also think about your holistic user research process and how that impacts the organization, okay? 
Oh, that was jam-packed. I feel like I spoke really quickly. Hopefully it wasn't too quick. But anyways, I will refer to that pirate metric article because I think that that will also be helpful um, within the context of this conversation and the resources. But generally speaking, I hope that this was helpful and that you're able to utilize this information to get a better grasp on how you're going about tracking OKRs and how you're going about tracking impact. Again, yes, for product-based whenever you can, but also across different mechanisms, right, beyond beyond just product. Because again, as you said, totally normal. We're a lagging indicator. It takes time. It takes patience to look and even see if those success criteria are improved and they may be so incremental that you might want to pull your hair out. So there are different ways where it is important to track our impact outside of those product-based metrics. So I hope that that was helpful. I hope that was maybe inspiring uh, in getting you to think through different ways to track that impact and track those OKRs. It takes time. It takes practice. Just keep going with it. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully that is helpful for you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day, evening, morning, wherever you are. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks.